Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I bring on top experts to help you create the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm talking with Larry Michael again. I'm so excited to have you on again, Larry. Welcome and thank you for joining me. Oh, you're so welcome. This is so fun. And I am thrilled. I was just looking. This is our fifth time doing interviews together. That's how much fun yes. it's been. So We um, always have a yeah. blast. For those of you who aren't familiar with Larry, he is an author, speaker, teacher, and coach. He's also the founder of the Institute of Genetic Energetics, which is what we're going to be talking a little bit about here today. We're going to be sharing the personality modifiers that greatly affect relationships and hopefully give you some things that you've probably never heard before. I've never heard this information anywhere else, which you know I absolutely love. (laughs) So the important thing here is if you're listening live with us on Bullhorn, you'll see a link on the screen. It's also in the episode details to go grab your free energetic profile. And if you're listening to the replay of this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or right here on Bullhorn or anywhere else, that will be the first link in the description. Is there anything you want to say about that, Larry, quickly before we get started? What we want people to do is go grab their free profile and then bring it back and we can answer questions about all the different personality modifiers, right? Right. So the only thing I would say is that it's going to ask you for just two pieces of information. It's going to ask you for your birth date, month, day, and year. We don't need time or place. And it's going to ask you for your biological opposite gender parents' birth date. So women, it's going to ask you for your biological father's birth date. And men, if you're listening, it will be your biological mother. If you don't have that, the parent's birth date, still run the thing. Do it. And then I apologize, but it is going to kind of, you got to run through a hoop because we have a high security system to make sure that your information can't get to anybody. And so it's going to like take you for, you're going to create a login and a get a one-time password and all that stuff. But then you're good to go. And you can run as many of these as you want and have a blast with it. So Okay, great. And it's totally free, right? 100% free? Totally. Yes. Yes. Okay, great. So again, if you're listening live with us on Bullhorn, that should be the link on the screen. Just click that orange button. If you're listening to the replay, that will be the first link in the description or episode details. So while we're waiting for everyone to go grab their free profile, Larry, how would you like to start? I know we wanted to talk a little bit about something you call the discipline of inquiry, right? Yeah, the discipline of inquiry. I have to just... Full disclosure, this is a terminology that a very good friend of mine named Stuart Boree created years ago, but it is also something that I've been living for the last couple decades, and it has made the difference between 
compatibility and connected relationships and not. And what it comes down to is, well, I'll just ask this question for all those listening. How curious are you as a person? Like how deep do you go when you want to understand somebody? And the discipline of inquiry is about just that, having a discipline of looking deeper and deeper to uncover the real truth of any situation. And with all the speed and all the stress and all the things that we have going on in our life, it is a tendency of us humans to conclude things like, oh, well, they must want to do this for that reason, or they want to do that for this reason, or they're standing over there because they like being close to the door, or they're sitting near the river because they want to get their feet wet, you know, all these things, and then making a decision that that's what they're all about. But there's deeper reasons why people do everything. And if we truly want to connect, I mean, truly want to connect, if we want to have a heart-to-heart connection, a soul-to-soul connection, then we're never going to have it with those assumptions we make by because of what we see on the surface. And so the discipline of inquiry, which, and, and I'm telling you, once you get this, it's the funnest thing you can do. I mean, it, it is so rewarding and it's so fun because you get to discover things about yourself and other people that you otherwise wouldn't. And, and that's like the great joy of life. And so the discipline of inquiry is just asking the questions. I I love everything you're saying. I know you're so big on that. Do you have an example of what this could look like in real life? I know you work with so many couples who have differing personality modifiers and profiles. I would love to hear if you have any examples from your own life or from someone you've worked with where this has really played out. Well, I have a great one, actually, that just came up recently with um, a good friend of mine. She's just a, a wonderful woman, very independent person. I mean, a free spirit to, to shine all free spirits. And she has this wonderful man in her life. And they had this kind of blow up when they went camping the other day. And what happened is she's like, again, she's a free spirit. She doesn't want to have to ask if she can go places or she doesn't want to like check in with her partner. She just wants to be able to go, which, you know, it ha- that has its own challenges when you're in a partnership. But for her, she they were camping near a river. And so she just said, I'm going to go sit down by the river. And her partner that was with her had set up the tent and was looking forward to going hiking and all those things. Thought, okay, this is only 30, 40 feet away. I can see her. She's going to go sit by the river, probably come back shortly. He didn't ask, how long will you be? He didn't check in with her to see how long she wanted to be there. And all she did is say, I want to go sit down by the river. Well, she was sitting there for a long time and he got a little upset about it. Like you just kind of abandoned me. You left. You didn't tell me how long you were going to be gone. I was concerned about you, which, you know, was kind of interesting because he's wasn't very far from the river. He could have got up and walked over there. So I would be saying, Hey, you need to go ask questions, right? Discipline of inquiry, ask questions. But for her, she made the assumption that when she said she wants to be by the river, that he would understand why that's important. And the reality is he had no way of knowing how deeply profound her spending time by a river is. She's 
practices forms of shamanism. She's a brilliant woman, has done all kinds of different retreats for people. And the river has a deep soul connection for her. I mean, this is not just sticking your feet in the water and getting them cold. This is her grounding to the earth. This is when she's there, she feels like she gets herself more grounded and more clear about why she's doing and what she's doing in her life. So it's a huge deal, right? But he had no idea, Alina. He had no way to know that she was doing anything else than going down to soak her feet, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And and he's looking at her down at the river going, she's soaking her feet, right? He didn't ask her, why is the river so important? I would really want to understand why you're so pulled towards it. And she didn't take the time to explain to him how important it was. Now, from her point of view, she was going, why should I have to do that? You know, I just want my freedom. I don't want to have to do that. And I went, well, it's simple. You are there with another person. This is about connection. Connection to yourself, you don't have to tell anybody. But if you want to stay connected to another person, whether it's a friend or a lover or an acquaintance or anything, then you've got to give them something so that they can understand you. And absolutely, you can expect any of us, man or woman, to know how important that is to you without at least a hint, right? So the inquiry space can go both ways. It can be personal inquiry. Like until I asked her, why is the river so important? She didn't even have words for it. And when she started to express it, you could watch her whole body light up. So this in her own inquiry space had her become more in tune to why it's so important. And for him, you know, if if he is planning something, wants to do something, or wants to understand why she's just needs this freedom, he must ask. We can't assume. Tony Robbins says, you know, assume is like making an ass out of you and me, right? So mm-hmm. we, we don't want to assume. We want to be excited to go deeper. To really know what's the reasoning, what's the meaning, what's the what's the greater need, what's the value, what's what is so important about making sure you feed the kids, making sure someone picks you up, um, you know, on time as opposed to showing up twenty or thirty minutes late. Uh, there, there are so many different things that are that we desire and want around how we want to live our lives, but how often do we share with people why they're important? And then we expect people to like honor what we ask for without giving them any background behind it. And the reality is that background, that that deeper understanding is juicy. It's yummy. And it's, I mean, it it makes for a rich connection. Otherwise, it's just, you know, you might as well just go, I like red, I like blue, I like green, you know, I like Fords, you know, just or Chevys or whatever. That's a, this is a man talking to women about cars. It's <laughs> a lot of sense, right? But it, you get my point that we owe it to ourselves and those we care about to share or ask to have someone share more information so we can see them and hear them and understand them. And I don't mean see like visually. I mean like see into who and what they are. See into their soul. I mean, this is where where we really feel at home is when someone sees us, right? This is such a critical ingredient in our lives. 
And too often we're just scattered. We're here, we're there, we're everywhere. And, and how many people listening right now can say that when you're with this person or when I'm in this environment, I feel at home. I feel like I belong here. I know me. I really know me. And I love me, right? It's this life force within me is so real. How many can say that? And if you can't say that, if you haven't said that, you owe it to yourself to go there. And it's not a difficult thing. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you know, ask yourself questions. What do I love? What do I need? Why is this important to me? And get that answer and then ask again, when, why is that important to me? Go deep. Keep going levels deep until you understand why you're doing what you're doing and you can embrace it with joy. I just love everything you're saying. It's so beautiful. And hi to everyone in the chat, by the way, Maya, Ty, Emily, Tiffany, and everyone. Tiffany says, that's why communication is so important. We have to ask and say, we can't read minds. <laughs> so true. Uh, she also says she can't remember her father's date of birth. You can still fill out a profile if you don't have your opposite gendered parent's birthday. Is that right, Larry? Yeah, absolutely. Just do it anyhow. It's okay. You, once you've logged in, you can go back again later if you get the birthday later. There are many people that don't know the answer to that question because they were either adopted or their parents didn't tell them. Um, you know, or their parents didn't even keep track of it. Believe it or not, there's all there's like 20% of the population does not know that information. But the okay. primary information you're going to get, you can get without the parent's birth date if you don't have it handled. Okay, great. So go ahead and grab it, if, even if you don't have that information right now, because we'd love to hear about your personality modifiers and answer any questions you have. Emily also asked, I'm curious how you can know all that information about someone just from their birthday. What a great question. Is this astrology, Larry? I know the answer to this, but <laughs> this is probably helpful for people to hear. So it's a really great question. And, and, I, and I so identify with that question because it's exactly what I asked when I first was introduced to this almost 16, 17 years ago, because I'm going, wait a second, this is really accurate, but how can you know this? This has got to be a fluke. It's got to be, you know, there was a chance that it was just not correct. I, when I was introduced to this, spent two years interviewing couples, over a thousand people, and it was never wrong. But to give you, to answer your question more directly, we're asking for birth dates because part of the system is astronomy, not astrology. There's a difference, right? So astronomy is a hard science. Astrology, numerology, human design, gene keys, these are all different stories told to astronomical conditions, right? And and each one, it, it, like if you wonder how come all of these different esoteric sciences sometimes seem like they say similar things, it's because the source is the heavens, right? And what's going on with the planets and the heavens and the influence of those? This is hard science. I mean, Farmer's Almanac figures out when to plant crops based on it. So what we did is we, we put astronomy and quantum physics together. And the result is what we're giving you is not just a typology. This is your energetic blueprint. This is your energetic blood type. So... By that, it means that you have a frequency you vibrate at, and it stays with you your entire life. It never changes. Whether you're tired, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whatever the situation, your blood type, your energetic blood, blood type is there with you. It's genetic. 
And so that's why we're just asking you these two very simple questions. And then you'll see when you get into it, when you look closer. Okay, great. I love it. I know we did an episode called Undefining Love, in which we talked about the four factors that indicate whether a relationship will last or get off the ground in the first place. So you can go back and review that episode if you want to learn about your activity levels, sexual response type, financial logic. There was one other I'm not remembering right now. What was the other one? <laughs> oh, of, well, the, so the four lifestyle traits are the, our yes. communication style, our communication. activity level, our financial logic, and our sexual response type. That's so right. Communication is yeah. so important. Yeah. So those are are crucial. And we spent over an hour discussing those. So if you want to go back to our episode where we talked about undefining love, getting back to our origins, you can learn more about those. I can include a link to that after the replay of this post in the description. But do you want to get into some of these personality modifiers and people can just start to learn more about this as they go along. If you're just joining us, go ahead and grab your free energetic profile. The link is on the screen if you're listening live or if you're listening to the replay, that's in the episode details. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. So there is actually, we just got a profile that just came in. Um, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to use names unless I have permissions to use, to use names. So I'll just say a, a, a woman has um, just got her personal energetic profile and she has two modifiers. So maybe I'm trying to think to just jump into the modifiers for those that don't know anything about it. I'm going to do just do like five minutes, maybe shorter if I can, Helena, and talk about the lifestyle traits. And then then we'll jump into the modifiers. Is that okay? That would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love that. So the lifestyle traits you're going to see there, it only shows that you have one of each of the different four traits. And there are two variations of each of the traits. So communication style, there's structural people and there's figurative people. Structural, I'm structural. You're listening to me. I pick my words to mean exactly what I want to say. If I say, I really enjoy your company, um, and I just say it like that, I really enjoy your company, you don't hear a lot of emotion in it, but I can tell you that I would never use the word really or the word enjoy together unless I totally, absolutely enjoyed your company. Now, that's just my structural way of talking. I pick my words carefully. Now, if I'm talking to someone who's figurative, they're more emotive in the way they communicate. So when they're listening to me, if I don't have any inflection and in saying, I really enjoy your company, they don't even know they're supposed to listen because they don't hear any emotion. But I would say to Helena, because I love being on her show, I went, oh my God, I really enjoy the company of you on this show. This is so <laughs> incredible, right? So now you're getting a lot more emotion out of me and those people who are figurative go, oh, He's saying something I should pay attention to. So in our world, sometimes we miss things that the other says when they're a different communication style. There are people out there that we think are energy vampires. They drain all our energy. They do that because two different energetic frequencies are colliding with each other and it wears us down. Does that mean that we should avoid those people? No, because they can be really amazing people. But understanding why we feel drained drain of energy or understanding why we're not necessarily um, communicating clearly with each other 
is so super important. Why? Come back to the discipline of in- inquiry. What we want to do is be able to embrace people's differences and similarities. We don't want to go into blame or shame or guilt or resentment or any of the things that come up when we don't have enough information or we have a belief system that's inaccurate or wrong or taught to us by someone else. We want to be seen and heard. We want to be embraced. We want to be, you know, we want to have our own unique style. If you're very emotive, and you love to express yourself that way, by all means, do it. And if someone thinks that that's a lot, well, okay. And it's you and it's your divine beauty. So they have a choice. They can either embrace that a lot or they can decide that's too much for me. And we do that all the time with people we meet. So that's communication style, moderate active or super active or the two different forms of activity level. One is like nonstop from the time they're, head leaves the pillow in the morning until it goes back on at night. They like to have a plan. And if they don't have a plan, they don't feel very comfortable in their body. They just love to have a plan of what's going on. And the moderate active person, they don't need that plan. When they're on task, they go like a bat out of hell. But when they're done, they can just relax and do nothing. The super active person's going, what? what why are you just sitting there? Right? The super active is the person that is constantly misdiagnosed as ADD or ADHD. And it's the most devastating and accurate assessment that psychologists and doctors make this today. And the drugs that go with them, I don't know if anybody's heard this, but there's been proof recently that most of the drugs related to depression and such are not actually treating that issue. So activity, activity level is super important. The, the super active people want me to talk fast like this, tell you everything I have to say, give you all the information about the four lifestyle traits in about two minutes, <laughs> right? And they love that. And the, and the rest of the, the those that are more moderate active would rather I talk more like this, which is my natural way to talk. But it can take way too long. So understanding the for a super active person. So understanding this difference, again, is so we can embra- embrace and appreciate and honor our differences, Conservative financial logic is one form of financial logic. The other is non-conservative. Non-conservative people are rainmakers. Money just shows up for them. You'll know who you are because you never really, really worry about money. You may have been poor. You may have been totally out of money. But were you worried that you were going to not eat the next day? No, money shows up for you. Abundance shows up. The conservative financial logic person has an awareness about money that is so intense that sometimes it gets in the way of them making money. And so for them to make money, they have to look past beyond the the dollars and cents that are on a spreadsheet and instead focus on the benefit that they're providing to the people that are investing in their services. Super important to understand. Sexual response type, this is where 90, almost 95% of relationships don't last over time if they don't understand their difference in this area and how to accommodate for it. This is also where we literally are disproving people like David Data and um, John Gray and a number of very, very prominent wisdom keepers that speak to the differences between men and women when it comes to sex. 50% of their information is totally incorrect. So if you think all men only get excited because they get a hard on, that's not true. 
50% mm -hmm. of the men out there totally seek and search and feel their sexual connection from their head and their heart first. And most of the experts out there will tell you that's a complete female attribute. It's not true because 50% of the women out there will tell you, hey, when I'm hot, I'm hot. When I'm ready, it's now. And it has nothing to do with their head and their heart. Their body's saying, let's go. And women, you know who you are here out there, right? And so those two are not an instant match. If you have two people that are different in this area, you must know what the difference is so you can embrace that difference and the relationship doesn't blow up, especially if it's a sexually intimate one. All right, so that's the lifestyle traits. I probably took too long. So no, I, love, I know I'm super active and figurative. I'm going through all these myself. I'm trying to think a conservative financial logic and emotional sexual response type. And my husband is as well. So it's, it's, it's so yeah. interesting. Oh, you have a, you have a really, uh, you know, you remember what happened when you first showed me your profile. I said, do you like the person? Do you like who he is? He went, yeah. And I said, he's a keeper, right? Yeah. You so said by, a mess made in heaven, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And, and here's the deal, by the way, for those that are listening and going, well, so Helena's got this match where they're really closely aligned, if you will. So is that what we all want? Well, the reality is that our relationships are comprised of more just genetic energetics. Who we are is important. How you were raised, what you believe in, what you desire, what your beliefs are, the traumas and experiences that you may have had at, at one time or another in your life, and how you're dealing with them. Um, that's critically important. That who is an, is an enormous piece. What you uh, what you look like, just your physical form is critically important. Every woman on this call knows that you have a preference for what you like physically. And you may have stirred, you may have, you know, strayed from that and tried some different things, just like men have. And you discover, look at if you're five, if you're six feet tall, six foot tall woman, you might not be okay with a man that's only five eight. Right? Uh, because you're just more comfortable. And how do you know that? Because when you spoon in bed, there's a fit there that you really enjoy. Right now, is that critically important? No, but is it important? Yes. Right. And to ignore it is just folly. We all make decisions based on physical attributes. And that also has to do with where they live. If you want to have a family and you're going to date someone in a long distance relationship that leaves, lives 6,000 miles from you, that's not a family coordinate. Right. So those things are important. The key here is energetics is just a piece of the whole picture. And what it really is, if we look at the history of mankind, it is the oldest known method of achieving connection and, and deep compatibility, understanding of compatibility that exists for humankind. For as long as man's been alive, there's been an energetic influence on us. And we've made decisions on who we want to be with and how we want to be with them and how interested we are in them. And even chemistry, by the way, is well-defined here. We call it attractions on these profiles. But chemistry is what's really happening. And it's this is the only system in the world that's been scientifically proven to tell people who you'll have chemistry with. And more important, what you should do when you have it. So, you know, these are these are pieces that are here to help you with your relationships, not to project how someone's going to show up. 
and this is important. There's people I'm sure that are listening to this. They're into astrology or into jinkies or Myers-Briggs or Enneagrams or any number of profiling systems. I don't think there's one out there that doesn't have something valuable to share with us. I think they all do. But the mistake that is often made is that someone is a ENFJ or they're uh, eight on the Enneagram. And so there's this assumption that they're going to behave a certain way. That's folly. Because we behave differently for each individual we connect with. And this is really important to understand that. Each person is a unique experience. We don't want to go into relationships looking for proof. We want to go into our relationships ready to be surprised by the truth. I've always loved that ever since I first heard you say that. It's just so powerful. Someone else in the chat said they submitted theirs about an hour ago, if you want to look that up, or if you want to just can, type into the chat, yeah, the personality modifiers that you got. I can say for myself, I'm the protector, and my husband is the perfectionist and achiever. So they sound kind of like that. So yeah, everyone who's gotten it so far, I'd love to hear what personality modifiers did you get? Someone said, this is so interesting reading about myself, <laughs> reading her result. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, you want to go into these personality modifiers sure. now, Larry? Sure. The, one of the first people that did this right at the beginning of the show, um, she is structural, moderate, active, conservative, and physical sexual response type. Hopefully that helps you know we're talking about you. You have two modifiers. One's called the engager and one's called the protector. Now, everyone has at least one modifier, at least one. Some people have multiple. There are some people out there that have four modifiers. That is an enormously, enormously complex person. Um, and they, so, you know, this person we're talking about has two, the engager modifier, we call that the charisma trait. And the, each of these modifiers, by the way, almost every one of them has kind of this wonderful attribute an upside, if you will. And then they have a, a kind of a downside. They have a challenging side. The engager is one that doesn't really have a challenging side unless you're an introvert because engagers and being an introvert don't go very well together, mostly because people always come up and want to talk to you. They want to be around you. They like you. They don't know why they like you, They but they engage. And the one thing that every engager will hear more of than any other person on this planet is someone say to them, I've never told anybody this. I can't mm -hmm. believe I'm I can't believe I'm sharing this with you. I don't even know you. Right. That happens constantly to them. So they have this kind of like hypnotic charisma trait that pulls people towards them. Now, engagers are really curious people. So for the discipline of inquiry, this is like, you know, this is genetically woven into who you are. You're curious and you ask a lot of questions. But the cool thing about engagers is that they, they may ask you like, Helena, you have a child on the way, right? Let's yes. say <laughs> let's say you know what the birth type is, but you don't want to tell anybody yet, right? And so an engager goes, what's the sex? Come on, tell me what's the sex. And you're going to be so tempted to just blurt it out because they just asked you. It's very hard for us not to answer questions engagers ask. But you could turn around at the same time and go, you know what? I'm not telling anybody until the baby's born. And the engager will go, cool. And they'll ask you a different question. So what's neat about them is they ask questions, but they're not attached to an answer, which is really delightful, 
right? And you can't hurt their feelings by saying it's none of your business because they're just <laughs> curious, right? So that's engagers. Now, the protector, this, this young woman who is the engager and also a protector, the protector is the most psychic person on this planet. And by psychic, I want to make this distinction. Not everybody makes this distinction the way I do, so just go with me on this. <laughs> if you feel differently, it, you are definitely welcome to your opinions. But to me, um, people confuse the psychic sense with intuition, like my intuition tells me, or I have a gut feeling. So intuition is a gut feeling. It's something you feel in your body, but a psychic sense is different. This is something you just know. It's not like a it's not like something somatically in your body is telling you. There's just your your mind has captured a knowing and it's a certainty. And this has been with you since you were a little kid. What you're doing is you're sitting in the middle of the psychic highway and you're you're looking 360 degrees, you're scanning, looking for what can go wrong so you can protect yourself and those you care about from harm. So the protector is just that. They're a protector. Now, they can be horrendously stubborn, especially if they sense that someone's going to be hurt or is in danger. Like they will yell and scream and do anything to get you to stop heading for danger. And the person that's heading that way may have no clue and they think you're crazy. It's like, what are you talking about? Everything's fine. Little Johnny's in the backseat of the car with his sister and mom and dad are driving down a uh, a road up in the mountains and he's and they're getting ready to turn right to go one direction left for another and Johnny goes dad go left and the dad goes well it's much quicker right he says dad please go left and he says why he says i just doesn't it's not right i don't want you to go right you know dad goes hey it's 30 minutes faster i'm going right goes right and 15 minutes later they have to avoid a tree falling and end up in a ditch and the little kid's going, I told you, Dad. Now, Mom and Dad at this point don't realize that their child is psychic. And they turn around and go, oh, that's just a fluke. You're just frightened. It just happened that way. The reality is it happens all the time. And so this very psychic person has been seeing things, knowing things since they were little. And most people don't know how to handle that. Now, they have, the protector has two choices when they have information that scares the poop out of them. They, they either come up with a solution and have an alternative to what they think is going to happen, or they focus on it. And what do we know about what we focus on? It grows and becomes it, a reality it, often, right? Be, yeah, yeah. It becomes a reality often, almost always. Yes. So we have to be careful what we focus on. The protector more so than anything. If anybody ever saw the movie The Secret, they know that, you know, it was the law of manifestation. There's this powerful law of manifestation. We can make things happen by just almost chanting the words. Not true. They missed a very important ingredient that has come out more recently in the last couple of years. But at the time of the movie, what was missing was the one thing that makes the law of manifestation work, which is intention. Get this. If you want to manifest anything, if you don't have intention, forget it. You know, you'll make something up and and be ready for it not to happen. But if you have intention, <laughs> then it comes to be. Now, the protector is genetically wired with intention. 
Everything about them is intention. So they have to be careful. This lady is structural talking style. By all means, don't ever utter what you don't want. Like if you had a man that was indiscreet in your past, some people call that cheating, whatever you want to call it, and you're saying, I want someone who doesn't cheat. I don't want another cheater. You're going to get a cheater. You will get one because you just asked for it. Even though you said, I don't want, the universe doesn't hear that. They only hear what you're focused on, which is the experience of someone just having this horrible indiscretion experience with you, right? So what you need to do, if you're going to verbalize it, is I want a man who is brutally honest and vulnerable and authentic, who will speak to me about what his needs and desires are and cares enough about me to want to share those things and learn how we can live together with them, right? That's what you want to ask for. And ask for that clearly. And guess what? That person will be that person will be around you before you know it. You'll be standing in line in a grocery store next to the person. You won't even know that that's the one you just called in. So ask for what you want, especially for protectors. All right. Those, I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm a protector myself. Yeah. Everything you're saying is resonating with me on such a deep level. And it's why that work of focusing on what you want, not on what you don't want resonates with me so deeply. It's what I talk so much about in a lot of my podcast episodes and videos. I'm loving these comments, by the way. Tiffany says she's laughing because it's so true. Valerie says he's talking about me 100%. <laughs> yes. And she's also stubborn. She says, I love it. Tiffany, who's laughing, by the way, there's a gentleman by the name of Michael who just ran a profile that's exactly like yours, like the oh, same really? exact profile. <laughs> he's an engager. Oh, no, he's not. He's a perfectionist, not a protector. Okay, so that just teed me up for talking about perfectionists. Um, I'm glad that, that Tiffany's laughing. Um, <laughs> so the perfectionist. Now, I'm a perfectionist, by the way, so I know this one like to my core. And the perfectionist, their core wound is not feeling good enough, right? So it's not just that they want anything perfect, everything perfect. They think they need to have things perfect, which isn't, which is kind of a bit of a fallacy. But what drives us is we never want to be in a situation where we don't feel like we can add value, right? It is the, it is like a, it, it's a mortal wound. Right to be any place where we sense that we have no use there, and so the perfectionist is driven to know as much as they can about almost as many things as possible, so they never get stuck anywhere where they can't add value. So when you meet perfectionists, you're going to find people that have done a lot of different things. It's like, well, you know, what's your um, what's your occupation, and, the, and you're likely to find out that they've been a a songwriter, a painter, they delivered bread for Langendorf, they, you know, for the bakery, they've, they've done so many different things. You're going, oh my God, you were an auto mechanic? You know, all these different things because they just always want to have something of value that they can provide. Now, the perfectionist is the next most psychic person on this planet. It's like the, the opposite side of the coin of a protector. The difference between the two is protectors look for what can go wrong so they can protect those people they care about from harm. The perfectionist is a truth seeker. Like they have a very difficult time 
getting behind anything if they don't sense the truth around it. <laughs> and and their antenna can can pick up someone's deception so fast. But here's the challenge. They don't always trust themselves because they're a perfectionist. So they need to be able to trust what they know as well when they hear it coming. And it's, and it's very, very important to them that they know the truth so then they know what to do. And the cool thing, though, about their truth-seeking is they're not looking for, like, a universal truth. They're looking for the truth right now. Like, do you want to spend time with me? Do you really care for me? Like, you know, am I important to you in your life and how? And when they hear it, they want to know what's true right now. Now, they're smart. They know that that might not be the case next week, but it doesn't matter next week. It only matters right now. So perfectionists are very good at, at falling into the present when they know how powerful it is to be there. So true. And my husband's a perfectionist. It's everything you're saying is describing him to a T. <laughs> he wanting to be the seeker of the truth and needing to know that something resonates with them before getting their energy behind it. Amazing. He's the achiever as well. I believe you said those that's a good combination to have together, right? It's a power well, any any combination with achiever is powerful. So oh, really? achievers, achievers are really interesting folks. So it might not seem like there's a downside to Achiever because there's so many great things about it. But here's what Achiever is. Achiever is they get stuff done. I mean, they are the ultimate person to get stuff done. Yep. If they tell you they're going to build a shed in your backyard, don't expect to see them until the shed's done. Right? <laughs> if they put that on their list at the top of their list, that's what they're doing. Um, parents have a, a hard time with Achiever kids, by the way, because... Achiever kids focus on just one thing at a time and achiever mm -hmm. adults as well. They don't multitask well. In fact, it's very disturbing to their, their system, their physical system. So a lot of these things, when I'm describing these, by the way, finding a way to be in alignment with what your genetic definition is, is a glorious thing to do. You really want to be able to embrace the these characteristics if you resonate with them because when you're in that place it feels like you're it flow right like a flow state if anybody's ever heard that expressed flow state is one of the most powerful states of being you can be in to have that you really need to be able to drop into what you are in this case so the achiever again they don't mount multitask well they're the kind of people that get hired for jobs because they just show up with so much enthusiasm and clarity. And then when they go to work for a company, everybody loves them because they are given an assignment and it's done almost instantly. But then this is where companies constantly screw up. They get someone that gets things done quickly, so they give them another assignment. And then they give them another. And then they give them another. And then they give them four things to do all at once, but they don't tell them in what order they want. them. So there's no priority. And then when they do give them a priority, they'll give them another assignment and say, do one, this one first. And this person that was such a good employee now turns out saying, I don't even want to work here. This is no fun anymore. I mean, I love excelling. I love being able to do things quickly and efficiently, but they're constantly throwing me this way and that way and knocking me around like a ping pong. It doesn't work. So they quit or they stop turning out you know, as much work as they used to. 
Now, achievers who are business owners, they need to let their employees or even their partners know that they're achievers so they don't get interrupted. Like when they're on a project, it's their responsibility to say, I'm working on these three things. If you need my help with something, let me know what it is. I will fit it into my schedule. And then I will let you know how that works. And I ask you to be patient until I get there. Now, cool things about achievers, we know what that is. They get things done. These are the folks that can put their phone down. In fact, they love to put their phone down because it's an interruption. It's just a distraction. And be 100% with you. So if you want someone is like there with you, when they're focused on you, you are their focus. It's sweet. Alina, you know this, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. When your man is thinking he's focused on you, nothing else exists. But here's the here's the other piece that you need to understand. When he's focused on another project, you don't exist because he's focused <laughs> on that project. So right. you have to be aware that it's not because he doesn't still desire and adore you and cherish you and want to be with you and all these wonderful things. He's just on task. He's just mm-hmm. on task. When that task is over, if you're next in that lineup, there you go. It's it's so it's, true. So helpful yeah. to know too. And just appreciating that. Like I love the fact that my husband gets things done. I find that an incredibly sexy quality. <laughs> he does what he says he's going to do and he doesn't just let things pile up. Like I, I love that about him. It's really important to know that too, that, you know, people who are achievers aren't the best multitaskers. And if you're needing attention or asking for something when they're focused on something else, it's probably not the best time to bring it up. So these are just so helpful to understand and keep in mind, right? Oh yeah. Especially if you're partners, Mm -hmm. you know, you love that he gets stuff done, but if you want his attention, like you're in one of those moments, look at, we all do the best we can with the resources we have at any given point in time. Everybody hear that. We do the best we can with the resources we have at any given point in time. And guess what? Sometimes we're not that resourceful. (laughs) You know, where you're in your third trimester, whatever things are going on, you're in a new home, you've got all these things, you may be stressed out a little bit. So your resources are low. So you want your man to just snuggle with you. But he's on task. He's on a project. He's getting it done. He wants to snuggle with you but he wants to get his project done. So you're better to like, just sink in, like do it, do a quick check-in with yourself and go, how, how soon do I need him? And how do I really want him? Do I want him to come snuggle with me and on the whole time feel like he's got to go finish something else? Or do I want him <laughs> totally with me? Yeah. Right. You want mm-hmm. him totally with you, but it's not always easy when you want him or you need him or your resources are low. So we just have to be aware because this is where, as human beings, we screw up. We'll have a story. It says, you you know, you go, honey, I just need snuggle time. And he's going, I need to finish this job first. And he knows that you need snuggle time. He wants to give it to you, but he's finishing that job. And you, because you don't understand genetic energetics, never even heard of the dang thing, are going, well, you must not care about me then because you put your work before me. You hear this? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's judgment. There's blame. There's potential shame. There's a good cause for resentment to build up because now, with one belief, because of one behavior, him focused on getting something done, you say, you come up with a belief that you don't care. Your business is more important than I am. 
your other life goals are more important than our child, right? That's devastating and it's unfair and it's not true. So most of our challenges that have us angry, pissed off, judgment, blaming people, shaming people in resentment, we're dealing with things that are not true. It's a belief system based on a circumstance and we don't have enough information about that circumstance. We're back to the discipline of inquiry. You've got to ask questions so the real truth can come out so that you can really embrace the person that you're with. It's so true. This is just such powerful information. I just think it's so important. So we've done the engager, the protector, the achiever, the perfectionist. What else do we have as under these modifiers? We have the enroller. The enroller. Yeah. So let's just ask in your chat there, if you can, if there's any enroller women. Let's see if anybody showed up who's an enroller. I'm kind of scanning through things that have come up. Yeah, I believe someone said they submitted theirs about an hour before we started, too, if you wanted to look that one up. Uh, let's see if I can find it. I got it. And she's an emulator. Awesome. So that's one of the, we'll finish with enrollers. So awesome. An, okay. Emu, an emulator, this is like the best of all modifiers, to be honest with you. Like if I, if I had a choice, if before I was born, this voice came in and said, Hey, I got these modifiers. You want to pick one? I go, oh, an emulator, please. And the reason why is the emulator is kind of like a chameleon. They have the ability to emulate any of these other modifiers. So they can be highly psychic. We all can. But they can do it a little bit easier, right? So they, they can be a perfectionist. There's a lot of people out there that can relate to the perfectionist kind of characteristics that aren't genetically a perfectionist, but they can emulate the perfectionist behavior. They can emulate the protector, the psychic behavior. They can emulate the achiever. There are a lot of people that have trained themselves to, you know, task, to work from lists, to do one thing at a time, to put in order. I mean, good grief, Stephen Covey came up with a whole um, calendar system that was teaching people how to do that. <laughs> and guess what? Stephen Covey was an achiever. Of course he wanted that. But the the emulator can emulate any of these, but they're not genetically driven by them. This is the piece that makes it such a hot, cool modifier. So I'm a perfectionist. I'm a truth seeker. There's all these wonderful characteristics that I can speak to about perfectionists. And I also have this wound that I have to I have to maneuver around all the time which is not feeling good enough, which is the, that sense of, of, gosh, I don't belong here because I have nothing to contribute. So the emulator doesn't have to deal with that. The emulator who's you know, emulating an achiever, if someone tries to, they can multitask. They can have all these achiever attributes and they can still multitask, where the actual achiever has a really hard time with that. So it's a it's, I call it the kick-ass modifier. <laughs> it's just a good one, right? And, and you usually, the one thing that is common, the kind of our byline for the emulator is what you see is what you get. Usually people who know emulators, they'll go, you know, my friend Emily, who's an emulator, 
they i i know emily she's been like this for as long as i've known her they they rely on you you're they're consistent that there's no big surprises there's no crazy character that shows up out of the blue and reveals itself you are pretty stable and people know that about you and they can they feel like they can rely on you so that's that's the emulator all right i didn't see an enroller in the group but this will be fun <laughs> the enroller is the is an amazing modifier and it's also the most difficult one for women it's the only of the modifiers that is has kind of some gender specificity to it. And it really has to do with kind of epigenetics, why that happens. But here's what an enroller is. An enroller is like this most creative force, a force to be reckoned with, if you will. They're super creative and they love to see people succeed. They just love it. I'll give you an example of uh, emulator in action. Imagine that you are the conductor of the New York Philharmonic, right? And it's been your job to go out there and find the best string instruments, the best percussionists, the best um, wind instruments. You, you want to find the talent that is the best you can find. But you're not looking for them to do the, their very best when they're playing in your orchestra. You're looking at them having the experience of exceeding beyond what you thought they were capable, what they thought they were capable of. So they're all about taking someone and seeing talent and wanting to expose them to the, to the ability to go way beyond the capacity that they think they have. And so you come back to the conductor that's got the whole orchestra seated and waiting for him or her to start the orchestration. She lifts the batons. They're watching like a hawk because they know when she points to them, it's time for them to make music. And when she points across to the other side of the orchestra, it's time for them to make music. And when she's pulling them all together, they are creating something that they have never, ever created on their own. And so they love playing for that conductor, right? It's just, it's joy, mm -hmm. it's joyous. And so now take that into a home or into a teacher environment or into business. Enroller women are the most successful women in business. They're, you'll find them a lot as CEOs because they're great at delegating. They love to bring people in and they like to see them succeed. And that's, you know, that makes them super, super attractive to pe for people to work for and exciting for people to work for. Now, here's the downside. For a female enroller, you're a man in a woman's body. That's it. Any enrollers that are listening to this know that's true. Basically, you don't need a man. If you have to compete with a man, you're going to win. In fact, bring it on. Most enroller <laughs> women will say, yeah, <laughs> you want to you wanna take me on? You, just name the location, the, the situation. No problem. I'll take you on because I'm going to win. And they do. They do. They excel. And so they have this, this very masculine capacity. And what ends up happening is when they get with their partner, they are the, they are the single women that are most likely going to emasculate their men. 
and women are really great at this today because we're trained a lot of a lot of women's initiatives have trained women to be more aggressive with men to take a hard stand with men and i'm not saying that you shouldn't take a stand for what you believe in but i am definitely saying understand what the masculine needs and what the feminine needs and learn how to dance with it because that'll bring you more joy and bliss and potentiality than you ever thought possible so what the enroller woman does though is they just you know they don't need a man and so a man wants to help them with something they go, i got it i want to carry the groceries in for you i got it i can carry it you know here let me have half of it he wants to carry all of them he would rather have six bags in his arms so he can provide for you the benefit for you to relax and enjoy a walk to the front door of your house right but you're going no give me three of those and the guy goes mm -hmm. oh well okay or like it, for me for example i love to open the car door for my beloved i just love it i'll even open the car door for my kids right or friends but for a woman ah it's just like it's my joy it's it's my way of it's kind of my way of honoring the feminine so I go to open the car door for uh, for a female enroller, and she goes, I got it. You don't need to do that for me. And most guys will go, oh, okay. So they've been emasculated. I know better now, and I say, oh, yes, I do, actually. And you need to wait till I open it. <laughs> and you know <laughs> what? And the enroller woman's going to appreciate that. Now, you might not be very successful at getting out of the car, running around the other side, open the door for her so she can get out before she opens it because <laughs> she knows what she wants to do. I'm getting out of the car, right? But getting in the car, I'm opening the door for you. And I'm giving you an opportunity to just embrace your feminine and enjoy being provided for or served or however you want to call it, right? But it's a bit tricky because they don't need, they don't need a man to do that. And they might like it, but it even seems silly sometimes. So men need to understand this if they have an enroller woman, that there's some conditioning to do so that that woman really appreciates what this man wants to do for her. And can even so see it. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. Because they don't need it, right? And it, by right. the way, enroller women are the largest population of women that are, that are single over 40. Oh, so and, interesting, really. And, and the most common thing you'll hear from them when they're in their 50s, if they haven't found a partner, is, you know what, I, I'm just, I'm fine. I'm fine by myself. I don't need a partner. They don't want one anymore. They've given up. And the reality is when I talk to these women who are very certain that that's their situation, at the end of the day, it's not. I know very few people that truly don't want to have a partner in their life no matter what the circumstances have been. When you go deep into their desire to deeply connect at a soul level, at a heart level, at a, at a passion and, and power and purpose level, it's all of us. It really is. So if you've given up, I implore you to think differently. I love that you said that. I know we're at the end of the hour, but we have a couple great questions in the chat. One from Erica who says, my boyfriend is an enroller. Any advice about dating one? Ooh. So here's the deal about enroller men is that they're all men. <laughs> they, mm -hmm. they, they know how to take charge. They know how to lead. 
They know what they want most of the time. Um, they're very kind. They're very creative. The one thing I can say, and this is true for all enrollers, is that if we're in business for ourselves, if we're an entrepreneur and we're a solopreneur, it's a tough road. So the healthiest enrollers understand that they are team builders and they excel with the team. If an enroller is given a job and it has a job and they're given all the responsibility to do all the things they have to do without any back office or support, it's not a very pleasant place to be. They don't get out of bed in the morning excited about their work. So if you have an enroller man, hopefully whatever he's doing, he's got a team he's working with and hopefully he's leading the team or he's bringing in people that he can support. And if he's not, support him to find it. Ask him to get creative. What would create the most amazing team? If you were to build a team, what would it look like? If you're working for someone that hasn't given you a team, if you could rewrite your job description, what would it look like? And empower that man with your faith, with seeing them and knowing them to take those steps because it'll, it'll make for a very happy very industrious person who will want to make you the happiest woman on the planet. Just saying. Hmm. Love it. I hope that was helpful. Maya says, very interesting. I'm reading my profile too. I totally resonate with it. I see one last question. Can mental, emotional, and physical ever get past that? I think she's probably talking about sexual response type, right? Yep, if totally they have is. two different energies. <clears throat> they can I'll just be really transparent. It's not easy. <clears throat> it requires um, a willingness to explore your sensuality and sexuality beyond the norm. Right? So the mental, emotional person, their sexual energy is flowing all the time. And in fact, the mental, emotional person is the one that most often gets misunderstood, especially women. They will try and dress conservatively, look like, you know, layer their clothing, whatever they can do not to get hit on. But they get hit on all the time because men and women sense their, their sexual energy and they want some of it. They go, oh, my God, this person is hot. This, uh, you know, and they're, they're attracted to them. And so they go looking for those. They don't look for them. They're just drawn to them. And by the way, that sexual energy for young boys is really disruptive because the young boys get constantly put into the friend zone. Why? Because women sense their sexual energy and they put them there as quickly as possible because they don't, they don't trust anything else. They just don't feel like they could trust them unless they make them a friend. And so it's really hard for young, young boys who, um, you know, have that mental, emotional, sexual response type they oftentimes do not have the same game, if you will, as a physical sexual response type man. Now, the physical sexual response type person, their sexual energy is all held inside. When they meet someone that's the same energetic frequency, then their sexual energy releases. So what does that mean? If the two people have two different sexual response type, it's really going to be important to help that physical sexual response type person release their sexual energy. 
So the woman that's asking, is she the physical or the mental emotional? I actually don't know. Would you be comfortable sharing that? <laughs> she doesn't have to say her name. She can just okay. say what she is. She said, I'm the physical one. She's the physical one. All right. So the byline for you is when you're hot, you're hot. The mental emotional person, the prelude to sex is really important. Right. So just the the romance, the cow, the flowers, the candles, everything, the scene, the environment, all these things, that's the foreplay for a mental emotional person. Right. Now, the gal listening may be going, I like all those things. And I guarantee you, if she and I were talking right now, I go, I know you like them. Do you need them? And there'd be a short pause or there'd be an immediate, oh, no, just do me. Right. But she'll say, no, I don't need any of that. I like it. It's fun. I don't want it to go away. I want some of it. But I don't need it to be sexual, to want to sexually engage. So her sexual energy, though, is all held inside and if she's with someone that has that same frequency, it allows that energy to escape. So we know what kundalini energy is, right? It moves through our body. It is our sexual energy. And that needs to be expressed. It needs to be let loose. So if your partner is mental emotional, one, you need to understand that the prelude to sex is great. They can have a quickie with you. They'll enjoy it, but it will not sustain. It's not going to fulfill them over time. They need that emotional piece. You, with your physical sexual response type, once you have a sexual engagement with your partner, and let's say it was orgasmic, it was beautiful, it was just delicious, and now you're done, right? You've, you've moved beyond that, that real intense interactive part. What you don't want is your partner to just leave you. Most physical sexual response type people will say, can we snuggle a little bit? Can we, will you hold me? And the reality is, is that where the prelude to sex is important for the mental emotional, for the physical sexual response type, the aftermath is important. So if your partner gets up to go to the bathroom, make sure they come back. Like I tell men who are mental emotional have physical sexual response type women, said, unless she tells you you can go, you are not done. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. You stay there in bed with her, hold her, caress her, just be with her or him if he's the physical sexual response type. The same is true for both. There's no gender specificity here. 50% of the population is one or the other. So, you know, that this is an important piece that helps them really absorb the energy that they've just let escape. Now, in terms of moving energy together, this is where we need to get a little tantric in nature here, if you will. There are ways to move energy, eye gazing, solar touch, physical touch, energetic touch. There are many different ways to move sexual energy, but it needs to be done proactively when the two partners are not a match. Otherwise, over time, they just kind of go their own direction. Yeah, I'm not sure if you can see the chat, but she wrote in a little more. Yeah. She says, he loves cooking me dinner, in quotes. <laughs> she says, yes, when I'm hot, just do me. I struggle in how to turn him on. It sounds like this is completely spot on for what she's experiencing. Well, so here's the good news. If he's cooking you dinner, guess what he's doing? His own foreplay. <laughs> That's He's turning himself on because he's making you dinner. 
Uh, here, I'll give you an example. I, I dated, I mental emotional sexual response type. For I had this wonderful relationship with this woman for like six months of my life. I'll never forget. And she's physical sexual response type. She's a doctor. And I remember when early on in our relationship, she was working and she was coming back to my house after work. And she, you know, she's I before she gets there, she's going to be showing up around six o'clock. I went out and I bought flowers and I did flower arrangements. I lit a fire. I got her favorite music on. I made her dinner and her dinner is going to be ready as soon as she shows up. So she doesn't have to wait for dinner. She comes to the door. I answered her. So I'm doing all my own foreplay. I'm ready for it. Right. She comes to the door and I go, are you hungry? And she goes, Oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> she didn't want food. She wanted me. So at that point, I could have done two things. The first thing I could have done, which is the normative thing that most people would do, is say, hey, dinner's ready. Let's have dinner, and then we'll go play. Right? And she would be going, oh, it's so sweet. He did all these things. Yes, I'll sit down and have dinner, and I'll still want him just as bad later, maybe. But So she does all that in her head. But at an other than conscious level, her body's going, he missed my cue. I gave him a cue. I said, I'm ready, and he missed it. So she's not aware that he missed it. He's not aware that he missed it, but her body is aware. So other than conscious level, her body's now going, he missed my cue. Now, what I knew to do, because I my work, right? So I just said, she goes, oh, I'm hungry. So we went and played. As far as I'm concerned, whatever I was cooking was going to be better as a leftover, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because it was important to her. And she was, it was that moment that was so special, right? To be there when the body's asking, when the mind is asking, when the heart's asking. And now, had we just had dinner first, and let's say a week goes by, and another circumstance comes up where she expresses to me how badly she wants me, and I go, as soon as I finish this, I'm there with you, right? I got a project going on or something like that. Again, her body's going, ah, he missed my cue. So after a few times missing the cue, then the body no longer wants to be excited for the partner because it doesn't feel good to get excited and get let down. So it, all this happens at an other than conscious level. And this is how over time these relationships become problematic. And the most common thing that we'll hear the mental emotional partner say is that I, I don't know how to excite my partner. Mm. I mean, mm -hmm. they, he or she just lays there. I don't know what to do. I used to be able to whisper in their ear and it would mean something. And it's like the body is turned off. So we have to do a really, we have to do a pretty severe reset and we can do it. And then we move into energetic exercises together. So for the woman who's physical sexual response type, Wondering how you turn on your man. If he's making you dinner, he's probably already turned on. Speak to him. Tell him how you feel about him. Tell him how much you want him. Not just do me, but tell him how much you are grateful for who he is. And gratitude, by the way, is not something you just say. Gratitude is something you experience. If you're just saying, you know, God, I really like that you make me dinner. I'm so grateful for that. Unless you're embodying that, unless it's true gratitude, which means that you feel so taken care of 
or so worshipped or whatever it might be, then it's not real gratitude. It's just lip service, right? And and I hate to say it, but a, the major portion of people, when they talk gratitude, it's lip service. You know, write down all the things you're gra- you're grateful for. You write them all down. But if you don't go back and embody each one of them, you've wasted your list. So you want your man to be excited? Let him know you see him. Let him know you really want to understand him. That there's nothing that he can say to you that would that would cause separation because knowing the truth about him is the most important thing to you. Have him feel like he can be authentic and revealed and the man will be home and he'll want you more than you can imagine. I love it. So hopefully that answered your question. She said, what turns on mental, emotional type? You began answering that right as she was typing it in. So hopefully that was helpful. We are way over on time as usual, Larry. <laughs> so we always We're consistent, right? Yeah. I know. We just have so much fun talking about this. I just love learning new things here. This was amazing. And for everyone listening to the replay of this, the first link in the description will be where you can get your free energetic profile. I believe you can run as many as you want on different people in your life. Life. Are you still offering the energetic romance report? I know I oh, personally yeah. did one oh. when I start, first started yeah. dating my husband. I ran one on the two yeah. of us. Do you want to talk really quickly about that or anything else you have going on? Sure. And I'll include links to all of that in the episode details. Sure. Absolutely. So one thing about the personal energetic profile, I just wanted to say to people, if you run another one on a friend, on a sister, a brother, whatever, use their name. Don't use your name a second time. Because we have this new system coming out that's a library that's going to allow you to be able to sort by names and age and characteristics. And you don't want to have a whole bunch of people coming up that say Emily when you've run, you know, four or five different profiles. I want you to use them. I really, really want people to engage with this and, and understand the, how to find value in it. So as far as the, so that's the personal energetic profile. The romance report this is a report between two people and these reports are anywhere between 38 pages and 93 pages long. Okay. So if it's 93 pages long, there's a lot of differences and you definitely want to know about it. But this is a report that is going to go into detail, give you a lot of the information that I spoke about for each situation, but it's also going to tell you like if you have different modifiers, how they work with each other and how to navigate them and support each other. So the romance report is kind of the, it's the information tool to help you embrace your similarities and differences and know how to inquire deeper and show up for your partner fully. Got it. I love it. Are you still doing the lifetime access? I know we've offered that in the past. I'm not sure if that's still something that's available. You have a link for it for your group. Mm -hmm. We'll make it available. So the lifetime access, basically the the romance reports are $43 each or 47, something like that. They're 40 something. You should know this, right? (laughs) The lifetime access for your people is $197. And you can run as many reports as you want for the rest of your life, right? And inside that lifetime access is also exclusive interviews that I've done. And there are many more coming up with people like Alison Armstrong, John Gray. These are exclusive interviews. 
and there's trainings inside there and the library, and that's part of the lifetime membership. So basically, all of the tools that that we normally sell and the uh, trainings that we might sell, you're either going to get a discount or they're going to be included. And in the case of the romance report, you can run as many of them as you want. So I suggest, you know, if you have kids, run them on your two kids. I know it says romance report. They're not, it's a not romance thing, but the information is absolutely essential and valuable. Okay, run great. Yeah, parents. I know the, the lifetime membership is normally like thousands of dollars, but we I have a promo code just for people of my community to drop the price down to just a one-time payment of 197 right? Yeah, it's normally, well, the value of it is insane, but it's the low-end value of it is, is well over $4,000. Yeah, so make sure to go through my link and I'll include that promo code too to make sure everyone gets that discount. And someone's asking if you train people working with this, Yes. So we have, um, you'll find it on the Four Answers website. It is called, we have a what's called an energetic relationship practitioner. So they're ERPs. And yes, we do a training. We get people certified. We work with them in the various fields, whether it's going to be romance or education or business or family. Um, we start out with the romance as the foundation because that's where the greatest need usually ends up. And then people will get further certified in the, the additional areas of either, you know, occupational like business or educational and, and so on and so forth. So yes, there is a training program. So check it out and you can write me if you have any questions, please Larry, I'm at the four answers, send your questions. Yeah, our goal absolutely. Is, our goal is that people really, really use this to your advantage to create the most connected and meaningful relationships you can have. I love it. And if anyone is interested in that, you can always email me at helenahartcoaching at gmail.com. I'll get you in touch with Larry right away. He's so responsive. He's just the king of over-delivering. <laughs> I love it. So Erica says, thank you so much, Larry and Helena. Maya says, thank you. Tiffany says, thank you. You're very welcome, everyone. This was so much fun. Larry, I have to bring you back on again soon. This was so great. Erica says she'll be writing to you. So you can look out for her e email. That would be amazing if Sweet. you wanted to get certified in this. So yeah. Yeah, this was great. So all the links to everything we just talked about are in the description or episode details. I'll also include a link to download the Bullhorn podcast app. That's where we're broadcasting live right now. That's completely free. If you want to join my live broadcasts, I go live every other Tuesday at six o'clock PM Eastern time, which is 3 PM Pacific. If you'd like to get your personal questions answered by me and all of my amazing expert friends, Larry, thank you so much again. This was great. I hope we can do this again soon. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you all, all those that were listening and stayed with us. Um, yeah, thank you. Many blessings to all of you. And, and Helena, I just, I, I am so grateful, like, for who you are and how you show up and how you support people. You are doing brilliant work, really brilliant work. And I hope all those people that follow you know it because it's, um, you know, I'm constantly impressed and astounded by not just your skill as an interviewer, but the people that, that come onto your show. It's really fabulous. Thank you. Wow. You're very welcome. That just made my day. I love hearing that. Thank you so much. And thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Have a great rest of the week.
Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.